When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cat Dilo pairing is the ship in the Suez Canal right now. It is the thing that is basically blocking everything <laughs> for miles and miles behind it. There could be no progress until we find out whether or not these two guys can be special together. I don't think they can be. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chuck on Score North and scorenorth.com. That was amazing. Great find there by uh, by Declan. I think overnight producer Jason with the assist there too. So that was that was Britt Robson on our friend Dane Moore's NBA podcast where they talk a ton of Timberwolves. So all right, we're we're gonna get to a bunch of things on today's show. We've got talking twins. We've got write that down predictions and an accountability session. Um, but I off of what Britt just said there, Judd Zolgad. So D'Lo and Cat have played like five games. We we talked yesterday extensively about the idea, at least broaching the idea of trading Carl Anthony Towns. We've got some amazing early reckless speculation a day before reckless speculation Thursday regarding Cat and D'Lo. But off of what Britt just said, have you seen enough? Is five games for you? Like it's been over a year. They've only played five games together. How interested are you still in the Cat D'Lo <laughs> pairing at this point? Are you still like, ah, oh, it's just yes, just, just one more week of rehab and then we'll get to see it? Or are you just like, whatever, I don't care anymore? Um, I'm in between because I I do care. Like I, I I'm not completely checked out, but here's what I think I've seen enough of to know. I I now have very much a preconceived notion of how I think this is going to work, Phil. And I guess where I stand is. Even with Cat uh, out because of injury initially because of the wrist and then the uh, lengthy COVID absence that Cat had, before D'Lo had the arthroscopic surgery on his knee in mid-February, I feel like I saw enough of him to have a preconceived notion of how this is going to work. And I don't know with what Chris Finch wants to do if D'Lo, as the prominent point guard in this offense with Cat, really is going to work for what the coach wants to achieve, if that makes sense. So so I'm not out. It's not like, oh, screw it. But I think I, I think that this is with five games between them, I think that this is the equivalent of a movie sequel and you just know it's not going to be good. And so is going to come back and he's going to play with Cat. But my question is with the way he plays and with the way Cat plays too. How is this going to be the franchise altering? I'll go back to my more of, of my youth a little bit. Stockton Malone, you know, these two, Batman and Robin, this is going to be unbelievable. How is that going to play out and work? I think I know. I don't think it's good. And and keep in mind a very important factor now that, that has emerged, and this is not a bad thing, is Ant. And, and so you've got a third character who you basically say he might be the star here. But but if he's not the star, I definitely think he's above D'Lo, right? Who's not going to like that. Uh, so unfortunately, my anticipation is while I am while I am patient enough to wait to see this, my anticipation of the end result is going to be very Timberwolves. You know what? This is this is really like. You know, there's a movie sequel that comes out 20 years after the franchise yes. had dipped off, right? And it's just anticipation, and you're just waiting, and it's like, 
All right, it's like when it's like when Rambo came out. You know, when he he made a Rambo movie ten years ago that came out like twenty years after the last, last one, blood or something, waiting. right? Like yeah. last blood. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, exactly it. And by the time it gets here, you're just like, all right, there's no way that could live up to the hype. In fact, it was kind of a buzzkill. I've been waiting on that new James Bond movie now for like two years. It was supposed to come out, I think, done a year and a half ago, and then they delayed it until yeah. April, and then the pandemic hit, and it's like it's been in the can for two years. And I love Bond movies, but. At this point, there's no way it can live up to waiting that long for a bomb movie. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm just kind of like, oh, whatever. I, there's, there's almost no way that the D'Lo cat pairing can live up to what everyone sort of thought a year and a half ago at this point, especially looking at how Carl Anthony Towns fills the box score, but the team doesn't produce wins. And then D'Lo can fill the box score when Cat's out and they don't produce wins. Like, are you going to put them together and it's just going to like pull everything magically into this winning vortex and that all leads to this very interesting report that came out yesterday from our guy i think he's our guy now evan massey blue checkmark extraordinaire on twitter this is the same guy by the way evan massey's work has been featured in forbes espn yahoo bleacher report there's a laundry list of places that evan massey's work has been featured on the internet and he was originally, if you remember, a couple weeks, or I think it was just like late January, sometime in February, he reported that the Niners and the Vikings are having discussions about Kirk Cousins, and people mocked him. People mocked Evan Massey. Who's this guy? Who? What's the? How does this guy have a blue check? And by the way, Twitter? that dude was right. In retrospect, he was not only right. Kyle Shanahan was outside Kirk's door. With caught with placards like the guy who who goes on in that uh, Christmas film, right? It, at at the door, he shows up and knocks. But but I think in the film, the h- husband is home, so he just has cards that he just um, that he just. I have continues no idea showing. what movie you're referring love to. Love Actually, yeah, Love Actually, okay. yeah. Where Wait, he stands wow, out, where yeah. he stands. Thank you. Where he stands outside the door with the car- Kirk. You're special. I, I will, love you. I will love you till you look like this. <laughs> yeah, come to San Francisco. Thank you, Declan. Yeah. That's what this is. That's right. You don't get you don't get love actually yeah. references on other shows here in the you, Twin you Cities. Can't, you know yeah. what though? Declan interpreted Judd. Yeah, we are. This is my sports son now. You can't sneak a Christmas and rom com. You know, moment behind this guy. I will. Decide, I will figure it out. Bravo, Declan. I will figure it out. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, no problem. So Evan Massey reported yesterday on Twitter: the Minnesota Timberwolves could be headed toward major changes in the off season. In fact, one source tells HoopAnalyst.net that both Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell will be on the trade block. He also reported, uh, like we said, the Niners and Vikings were having conversations about Cousins. So people are trashing Evan Massey in the mentions. Like, literally every mention is, go home, or you're seeking attention, or why would the Wolves <laughs> blow up their nucleus when they haven't even seen them play for more than five minutes? So, so I have a couple questions off this for you, but let's start with, do you think it's plausible that the Timberwolves, after only watching a handful of games of Carl Anthony Towns and D'Lo, and then I'm sure D'Lo will still come back with like a month to go in the season, so they might get to see more. Yeah, Is it plausible that they would hit the nuke button on that partnership a year after it formed? Okay. No on the partnership, but here's why I think the report is plausible. All right? So it's not necessarily the partnership that they're trying to nuke. It's what you brought up yesterday, and the X factor in this entire equation and why this actually could make sense is because of Chris Finch, right? Like, Chris Finch, I think, is a smart basketball guy, and I think he's probably a not just a longtime coach. I think he's a very observant long— like, this guy was an assistant. He has coached guys like Harden. He has seen greatness. Um, and, Phil, to backtrack on what we've talked about for— a, a week or so now, or probably more, and what you brought up yesterday and what I saw in covering the Wolves on Friday and Saturday, what if this doesn't have so much to do with nuking the partnership, but the realization that Carl Anthony Towns is who we now probably think he is? And and if that's the case, then the partnership's out. Then the partnership becomes a secondary factor because the partnership all revolved around Carl Anthony Towns being Batman. I, I mean, this was not a... We'll get Russell and see how he works with Cat. This was, we'll get Russell, and he'll be Stockton uh, to Cat's Malone. So I don't know that this is nuking the partnership. I think this might be the realization, at least, that you have to have a, a internal conversation 
about who Cat is, where Cat's going, and Cat and can Cat get to where you thought? And my guess is Chris Finch has seen 15 games and been like, okay, we at least need to talk about this. Yeah, also, I mean, in terms of trade value, Carl Anthony Towns has much more trade value than D'Angelo Russell. You know, D'Lo's stock is pretty low at this point. He's on, what, team number four. He's He got a bad rap in L.A., and now it's like he's done very little to boost his stock in Minnesota. Some of it's not his fault. It's injuries. But, like, when Cat was out, you know, we and we talked about this, when Cat was out toward the beginning of the season, COVID, and I think he had a wrist thing and then COVID, and it was kind of D'Lo's show. All right, man, like, we don't expect you to win every night. You're certainly not going to beat the best teams in the NBA with, you know, a depleted roster, but let's see something. And they were getting drubbed in those games. Yes. And, and, and you know, my thought wasn't, boy, he has to be Kobe every night. I'm not putting those expectations on him. But, you know, when when one of them is out and the other one struggles to even be competitive or the team struggles to be competitive, it sort of makes you raise an eyebrow that, oh, these are your two max players and, like, your team – you know, some of it's supporting cast, and some of it might have been coaching with Ryan Saunders, but the the whole thing that it just doesn't feel right to me, mm-hmm. even though we've only seen them play five games with each other. So I get that it's not a fair assessment to just be completely out, but I'm also just a lot less interested in that pairing than I was a year ago, and I'm much more open to just more major changes. And that leads us to the next interesting thing, Wolves related, that has come out. Declan found this article in the New York Post, so it's. So Knicks and Wolves is tonight, right? Correct. Uh, a target yep, center. They're here. So Knicks and Wolves tonight. And I'm just going to read this from the New York Post. The last time Tom Thibodeau faced the Timberwolves on February 21st, he got their coach fired. That coach, Ryan Saunders, was Tom Thibodeau's successor in Minnesota after Tibbs got axed in January 2019. In February, Tibbs-Knicks nipped the Wolves 103-99, etc., etc. Tibbs heads to Minnesota on Wednesday for the first time since his firing and while Minnesota residents do not need to hide the women and children, Tom Thibodeau is looking to inflict more damage on the hockey-mad city, no matter his recent <laughs> Minnesota great, diplomacy. I love the post. Um, great. So Tom Thibodeau revenge game tonight at Target Center. And listen, I think you know Wednesday is a day for accountability on this show. We do our write-that-down sessions and accountability, and you and I, Judd, have been in lockstep all the way through the Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler saga that – while Jimmy Butler is a great player and Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler, you know, have been a successful pairing to some extent in Chicago and Minnesota, that they handled that situation about as poorly as you could. They alienated young players, especially Cat, yep. that could have been part of the solution. And so we were a lot harder on we weren't ignoring Cat's flaws, but we were a lot harder on Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau during that whole saga. Now that you've had a couple of years to digest it, and now that we've seen you know, Cat stuffs the stats, but his presence without Jimmy Butler has not produced a lot of wins. Were we wrong? Like, should the criticism should should we have sided more with Jimmy Butler and, and Tom Thibodeau when it came to their outlook on this franchise being soft and needing more mental toughness and their sort of grinded out mentality? I've thought a lot about this. I've laid awake at night staring at the ceiling because it bothers me greatly. Uh, yes, it actually, it actually does bother me greatly. I'm not going to lie. I'm a huge Timberwolves mark, but (laughs) yeah, you are. Yes, we were, we were wrong in the fact that we didn't pounce on cat's flaws as much as we potentially should have. That being said, I will never agree with the way that Tibbs and Butler went about their business. If this was 25 years ago, it was pretty awesome, but it's not. You were never going to get the most from Towns, and, and Wiggy was a lost cause. He was just a lost cause. But you were never going to get the most from Towns by pulling the stunts that but- Butler did. And I will go to my grave saying Butler's off his rocker. Like he is, he can be a great player. I'm not. I've never said he's not a good player. He's off his rocker. So, with the instability that he brought from thinking that he was doing the right thing. Uh, and the fact that the coach like sat there d- during the whole meltdown practice when Butler supposedly took the scrubinis and beat the first team, and Tibbs is supposedly like chuckling and laughing, that is dysfun- That is such dysfunction. So I will never say that that was right. But we were wrong in the sense that we probably defended Cat way too much at the time, having seen what we have seen now. But the other thing is, is and my guess is the post story does not address this as much as it should. Never forget 
if Tibbs had been just the coach here, I think it might have worked. He was president of basketball operations. He never should have gotten that. And and that's where we were totally wrong, because when he got that job, I believe that the both of us were excited. Um, In retrospect now, that I will 1,000% sign off on. I screwed up by being excited about that. Giving Tibbs control of basketball operations was absolutely asinine. It gave him uh, too much to fixate on. He was always going to be about, what about tomorrow's game? Yeah, but Tibbs, how how about five years from now? (laughs) I don't care. Um, so, so, but that's, that's my guess is what the post ignores way too much. Tibbs is in a good situation, at least for now with the Knicks, Phil, primarily because he has one job head coach, which is absolutely fine. Um, the fact that he ran the whole show with the wolves made this a, a now in retrospect, a disaster in waiting from the day that he got the job. Yeah. You know, I, it's so easy to go back and, and now that we have full clarity and and the benefit of hindsight you know i would be curious if i could rewind and go back a couple moves i would be curious in and by the way this this first one i'm going to throw out there we brought this up on our old 1500 espn show like this was not this was not a second guess this is the first guess sure in trading for jimmy butler giving up andrew wiggins and the other assets would have been the better play so that you could keep you brought that up at the time levine very much exactly Because Zach Levine, I think Zach Levine and Andrew Wiggins are very different players, but uh, but Zach Levine to me is the more dynamic, obviously the more dynamic scorer, more efficient scorer, and just the harder worker and more more basketball obsessed guy. And I love Zach Levine, and I think he would have been amazing in a Timberwolves uniform even after the surgery. Uh-huh. And so that the first thing would have been if you could reverse history, keep Zach Levine instead of Andrew Wiggins, and then it would have been also interesting, reckless but interesting, if you would have committed. In that moment where you knew that there was tension between Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler, basketball tension and, by a lot of accounts, personal tension behind the scenes between those two guys. Mm-hmm. And it basically became Jimmy or Cat. One of them's got to go. And as we argued at the time, you can't just punt on a 20. At the time, he was like a 22, 23-year-old phenom seven-footer, which he still is physically. But wouldn't it be interesting to see a Jimmy Butler, Zach Levine nucleus for the three, four, five years and maybe Tom Thibodeau is the coach, and they have somebody else running the front office. If you could go back and redo history somewhat realistically, that would have been the pairing I'd be interested in. You know, this is going to sound—I know people are going to laugh at me for this, but—and I'm an analytics guy at heart. Like, I don't—I don't usually like to—I like to root most of my opinions in facts and analytics instead of nebulous sort of eye test things. But when it comes to the eye test, there's just a different look in the eye of Zach Levine and Jimmy Butler when they're doing what they do on the court. There's just a different level of obsession and focus. Not that those guys are flawless players by any means. I mean, Zach Levine doesn't play a lot of defense either, and Jimmy Butler gets hurt all the time and is abrasive with teammates. But, like, those guys are obsessed with basketball and winning, and they're hyper-competitive. And Andrew Wiggins is the opposite of that. And Carl Anthony Towns seems sort of competitive, but also just, like, Kind of feels like he's going through the motions a lot of times, he, and maybe some of that's what's happening in his personal life. It doesn't seem like he's obsessed with no, winning at the top level. He is phenomenally talented. The guy, D'Lo in the same boat, by the way. D'Lo in the same boat. Yeah, I, D, I don't know D'Lo. I can't figure out so far with him how how consistently into basketball he is. I think Carl likes basketball. I just don't think, and but I think he has he has off the charts skills. I don't know that that combines with with the, uh, for lack of a better term, cliched killer instinct. Like guys like Butler and Levine, to me, want to beat you badly. Uh, I think if Cat beats you, he, he's happy and he certainly has the skills to beat you. But I don't know that he's obsessed with that. And in fact, I would say he's probably not. But don't forget, too, the Butler thing broke down because they extended Wiggy. They had extended, I believe, by that point in time, Cat, and he wanted an immediate extension with as much, of obviously, money as possible, and he didn't get that. And so he got mad based on that and also then said, these two guys can't win. So you, you would have had to have a very different philosophy. And... Phil, the interesting thing about the Levine factor here that it all comes back to for me is how much different is this story 
if Flip does not get sick? Because they don't get Butler, but he was obsessed with Zach. He loved Zach, and there is no way that, that Zach Levine gets traded to the Bulls or anybody else if Flip didn't get sick. Dude, let me – okay, I want to – I want to pose a little question for you guys, and maybe I should preface this with ju- just so just so people know. All right, reckless speculation. Okay, this is just this is just a little reckless speculation among friends. Okay. Okay. So Zach Levine has one more year left on his Bulls contract. He signed that four-year deal when he was coming off. I think he was I think he was rehabbing when he signed that contract, if I remember right. And so he's set to make nineteen and a half million dollars next year, and then I think up up to the max we go with him. <laughs> Oh, yeah. As he enters into potential free agency. So Zach Levine is 26. I believe Towns is 25. Would you trade Carl Anthony Towns straight up for Zach Levine right now and then give Zach Levine a max contract? I'm in. Oh, wow. I'm 100% in. I'm all in on that idea. What, it, what, it, I mean, what, what was the record with Towns over the last 121 games, like 44 wins? It's like a 37 winning percentage. Zach Levine, I'm building around Zach Levine and Anthony I mean, Zach Edwards. Levine's not exactly like, oh, you know, he For doesn't sure. exactly have a winning resume either. I just want Here, to throw that out there. Here's but. what I think. I, I think if I was going to explore the path of trading Cat, I think I can get more than that from a team that thinks that they can unleash this Hall of Fame player. Wow, so you're saying Zach Levine and I'm saying, something else. Uh, yes, I am. I'm saying that if I'm going to trade Cat, I am making a blockbuster deal that I can, and I'm not talking about bodies, so this is not the KG trade, okay? Like, I'm, I'm getting eight guys back. All of them are going to be pretty good, right? And and none of them are Rajon Rondo. Nice trade, Timberwolves. Exactly. <laughs> I, am ta- I am talking about if I was go if I decided, if Chris Finch uh, comes to Gerson on April something and says, this, yeah, no, we did, no, 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 no. I am not coaching this guy. I am saying to myself, this is a blockbuster opportunity to make a trade where where in my world it would be a guy like Levine and more. Because I am trading a Hall of Fame talent. The question is, can you get that talent from said player? And you know as well as I do that there's going to be a handful of teams that say, oh, yeah, oh, we can get that. They're yeah, always, I- those teams always exist. I just want to say I have no idea if Chicago would consider any sort of framework like this or not. This is I just just because we we're talking about Levine, it just popped in my head. But you know, if you know, Zach Levine has a lot of leverage, and that if he doesn't want to sign a contract extension, he doesn't have to. Like he could he could he could go to them and say, "All right, it's been a fun run here. Thank you guys for making me rich, but I want to go play somewhere else." So. I don't know, just a little, little little reckless speculation, food for thought. So, for Phil, guys. I, I I would I would prefer Zach it. Levine the next five years than Carl Anthony Towns because I think guard play is if you can have two dominant sure. ball handling shooting guards and guys who can get to the rim. I mean, I think that really drives it for me. And then, like, if let's let, all right, just to take this a step further, just for fun, let's say that trades on the table. And again, I am making this up out of pure thin air. This is absolute as reckless as it gets. Okay? Reckless. Speculation. If you kept your top three pick and you had Anthony Edwards and Zach Levine, I think you would then look to draft seven-footer from USC, Evan Mobley, and that would be your big man replacement for Carl Anthony Towns. And then you'd also have Naz Reed and Jared Vanderbilt, and you'd go that direction. Again, this is this is rooted in zero fact, but now I'm just going to be thinking about this for the next three months. And Zach and so Ant We're going to will this into happening. And Zach and Ant would be great fun to watch. As a pair, yeah, there, there would be, be zero defense play, but there's zero defense being well, played right say, now. What, so what's what the do, difference? What do you see now? <laughs> I, as much as we try to say, yeah, but that Nets game—I mean, the last three quarters—did you see the Wolves play? Okay, one, they lost, and two, they, they gave up something like 38 points in the first quarter. So it doesn't matter what you did the last three. So, Phil, what what's your opinion about what is the ceiling then for D'Lo and Cat? Like, what's the bet? What, in your opinion, is the best that they can reach as as a duo? Like for team success, with yeah, those well, guys and just being for their the success, yeah. And guys. I mean, they 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 could be ultimately the team itself. I don't think they're going to be, but they could be. But what's your expectation? I mean, I would be shocked if, like, if everything went perfectly. If Chris Finch got those guys together and and everything worked out to the max level, like. I think they could become a playoff team, but I don't think there's 
any chance those guys are competing at the top of the Western Conference with what Dallas is building, what the Lakers still have the next couple of years. Um, I just like, I don't, there's not enough. I don't know. Like, it sounds so corny to say this, but like, those guys are just not lions, you know? Like, they're just sort of like, they're really talented and they kind of go through the motions. And once in a while, they'll pop up and have big fourth quarters and things like that. But, right. I don't know. They just there's a certain softness to that pairing that I don't love, and and when I say softness, I just mean I mean soft. Are those guys the guys that are just going to say bleep everything? I am turning this around, or are they out there as talented players that are sort of along for the ride and they'll win some games because they're talented? Like they sort of fall into that bin more for me than than the other bin. I'm looking for like. For for this franchise to be turned around, you really do need that KG personality, that Jimmy Butler personality that we punted on a few years ago here, right? Like, you, you need that sort of look in a guy's eye to turn around 15 mostly years of disaster. So, and you also maybe need, I'm being, like, too romantic here. I don't know, but that's how I feel. But I So, I don't know that you can find that, that killer instinct guy now, partially be, because across the board, athletes right now don't have that in spades. Like, there are guys still. There are. But it used to be fairly common, and now I've, I, with this uh, generation of athletes, I feel like it's not as common. But that being said, my biggest concern also is the trickle-down and how are these guys going to ultimately potentially help, but more importantly, impact Ant. That's my, that's my biggest thing right now. It is Are these guys going to be guys... Because I think Ant... In the new era of athlete, because I don't know that I think he's too jovial of guy for to, to be considered killer instinct guy. But I do think that in the era of athlete that we're in now, he is a really sort of positive type of guy who I think he's competitive as hell, which is a great thing. I think he wants to win. And I guess my biggest question mark is what's the trickle down of D'Lo and Cat going to be on him? Because he's 19, and these are incredibly Im- um, impactful years. And, yep. and like, if, if he looks at this team just L after L after L, and D'Lo and Cat are like, ah, yeah, this sucks, too bad. And, and then eventually Cat says, I'm gone. Like, at some point in time, Ant's going to say, one, I'm probably gone, too. But two, this really isn't fun. And you know what? Tonight's the type of game, when it, when it just comes down to measuring sticks and mentality of a franchise, right? Like, this is the type of game that Carl Anthony Towns needs to put a stamp on and needs to, like, li- like, literally needs to be in his mind thinking, Tom Thibodeau screwed me when I was here, didn't give me the support, just wasn't, like, wasn't in my corner. And so I'm going to show him how much I've grown and evolved. And so if we see, like, a 4 for 16 performance from Cat tonight and the Wolves get beat by 25 points by the Knicks, it's going to be pretty telling. I'm just I don't want to put all of it on one game, but like dude, let's see let's see a little something here against Tom Thibodeau tonight. Um all right, a quick shout out. Our friends at Federated have been supporters of Timberwolves basketball through thick and well through thick and thin, a lot of thick actually before just being No, realistic. thin, thin, tons of thin. Is that what that was? So the yes. thin the thin thick would is, be the Yes, thin thin good. sucks. No, thin sucks. This is thin. 15 years so, of thin for those poor people at Federated. And so your your and your business might be the same way. You go through thick and thin. It's just sort of the the life cycle of a business, especially the last couple of years, the pandemic year. Well, Federated is here to help you with risk management, with peace of mind. Federated Mutual Insurance Company recently launched My Shield, the online client destination for risk management resources. So if you're already a Federated client, I don't know what you're waiting for. Get registered today so you can jump <laughs> on My Shield. Uh, if you aren't, visit FederatedInsurance.com or download the app and find out more information about a company that's been around for over 100 years. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, We'll keep these Timberwolves speculative discussions happening because I think that's all we have left to cling to now that they're so far buried in the standings. Um, And don't forget, Daily Vikings Conversations also. We have two YouTube channels, and we have two daily podcasts, Score North MN and Purple Daily Podcast, and, of course, Mackie and Judd. Uh, You can find almost everything we do on that YouTube channel too. Apple, Spotify, Score North app is a great place as a central hub for everything we do. And uh, we'll see you guys for Write That Down predictions. 
Yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. That's right. We are the only show in America, okay? All of America. The only show in America that actually keeps track of our predictions and holds each other accountable every single week with batting averages and home runs. And on the football edition on Purple Daily, which you can also find every Wednesday on that show, completion percentages and touchdowns. We're just revolutionary here, boys. We're revolutionary here. Do we know for a fact that we are the only show? I mean, I our fact checker, our fact checker staff is a little bit depleted, and so <laughs> I guess we can't a hundred percent confirm sure. it. I know that Colin Cowherd has done in the past uh, where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong, and so that's sort of a way to do it. But he doesn't keep track of like his all time. Oh no! You know, how often are you right? Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's put it all on the table, mm-hmm. Colin, the backwards hat kind of guy. <laughs> that's what I am yeah. today. I'm Tony Tony Romo, yeah. backwards hat kind of a guy. Um, real quick, shout out to Rebecca Jones, who is the grand prize winner for the $10,000 Pick Your Prize contest that we were running all throughout the month of, of March. Thank you to everyone who downloaded the Score North app. We had, I want to say, and we still have one more day here, like 1,100 new registered users on the Score oh, North yeah. app. We're up to like 17,500 YouTube subscribers. Uh, quite frankly, we have reached more people with Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily in the month of March than really at any point since maybe the early days of Mackie and Judd on radio, uh, maybe when we had like the twins, right? So we just have like, we have a bigger audience now than we have in a long time. Thanks to all of you guys supporting us and helping us. And uh, Rebecca Jones, the winner of the $10,000 pick your prize contest that we ran through the uh, score North app in the month of March. So love awesome. it. Awesome. You Thank you. Let's keep, keep cranking out that speculation guys. I think uh I think I think I think the the wild being interesting too and the wolves always having like rumors and stuff have sort of helped feed the beast here for us but uh mostly the vikings and all the free agency moves have helped us in the month of free March. Agencies. Man, we're just we're just hilarious witty guys. Oh yeah, it's all us. Too. It's all us. It's not it's not you know the vikings are uh, ah who cares. <laughs> so all right boys, should we should we dive in here Let's with some it. write that down predictions? We're going to get to Reed is our guest listener predictor this week. So here's how it works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And if you want to be part of the segment and make your predictions, send a DM to at Phil Mackey or at Dexas Tweets on Twitter. We also, uh, I think our DMs are open on Instagram too. Some people have asked. I'm not really active on Twitter. You can slide into our DMs on Instagram as well. Unless you're Kevin Durant. Don't slide into my DMs with weird homophobic stuff. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Please don't do that. Yeah, Please don't do that. Just uh, you can rip us. Just you know, right. keep some, it up, some keep might it say we do. Uh, we're keeping up great work. You know, we, that might be a thing we're doing as well. So we appreciate it. Yeah, we're doing great work. Appreciate it. Um, okay, let's start with Judd Zolget here. Accountability session. Judd said Kenta Maeda will be the Twins' opening day starter in 2021. <laughs> Unless he gets hit by the team bus in the next 24 hours, Easy. it looks like Judd's going to be correct on that. Although it is Twins baseball, so you never know. You said the oh, Gopher stop. men's hockey team will yep. play in the championship game of the Frozen Four <laughs> yeah. this season. Not not impressed with the showing against Minnesota State Mankato. Yeah, three Minnesota teams of the four, but not the Gopher. Yeah, Gopher I was classic. not really Go impressed with that. Go Huskies. Yeah, Huskies, good for them. And then you said the Twins would trade Max Kepler this offseason. <sighs> I think they might regret not doing that. I don't know. I'm pretty bullish on Maxi boy. Max is my guy. Yeah, I don't think so. You know why? Because he's a young player, and you reward your young players with playing time, and that's what you do. You don't recycle waiver claims. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We're on. A, we're on. Write that down. We're not talking Kyle Garland. I anymore. feel like maybe Declan is just too. He's just too liberal when it comes to giving out playing time to young players yeah. before they earn it. Maybe Brent mm-hmm. Rooker should have earned. Maybe maybe right. Kirilov should have earned his playing time. Right. Right. Well, Max true. Max Kepler. We'll see. All right, I had a bad Oof. week here. I said three things, two things that were incorrect. I said the Wolves would trade Ricky Rubio by the trade deadline, and then I said another story will come out by opening day that a high-ranking baseball executive, a GM, or a GM would uh, harass <laughs> someone. 
Because we've had all these stories, and like yeah. there was a couple managers and like Mickey Calloway. But all right, good for front office executives. Well, for either keeping it hidden, or I was going to say because there's a chance they just didn't get caught. Well, we still God. have what is opening day tomorrow, or is it tonight technically? Tomorrow. Do they play oh. a game tonight? I mean, tomorrow is like the opening day. So, yeah. so we, we, we actually though? have about uh, 14 more hours. Yeah, about 20, 26 more hours. Are you here, saying so. that the athletic might be hard at work trying to unearth oh, something right now? And your your first prediction should have been right. Ricky Rubio probably should have been traded. Yeah. But here he is. All right, the listeners had three things come off the board. Tony said Victoria will make the WWE Hall of Fame in 2021 and will be inducted by Mickey James. They went with Molly Holly for the women's division. Actually, she's from Minnesota. I think she, she might even still live in Minnesota. She, she has Holly. her own uh, wrestling facility and training here, I believe, in White Bear Lake. Very cool. I'm sorry. Is what's that the, the one with, with, with Ken uh, Ken Anderson? It might be. I'm not 100% on that. What's I think the they name again? Of, Molly, uh, Holly? Mo- Molly Holly. Molly Holly. Molly Holly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's awesome. Good. No. Bob Holly and, and Crash Holly's sister. And right? Phil, is it like, because I know they're, they've been like staggering their announcements. Is she good? Is, is uh, Molly Holly the, or, or whoever's being, is, are they, is that it for the women's division? Or are they not going to add it's anyone It's the only else? one to this point, unless they add someone Got this it. week. Got it. Um, and then, of course, Andrew said the next announced WWE Hall of Fame class will be headlined by The Undertaker. And to this point, that's false. And WrestleMania is in like a week. So Fair. And Undertaker already surprised Kane by, mm-hmm. by having Kane go in. So I don't know. And then Jacob said Gonzaga will get to the Final Four. Nice little single up the middle there. Gonzaga, the best team in the tournament. Declan, you oh. said Jake Lehman. Boy. Yeah, rough week for you. You said Jake Lehman will be traded by the NBA <laughs> trade in the deadline. lead there, Phil. Yep. Uh, oops. You said the Twins will sign a reliever to a contract worth at least $7 million. And you said the Twins will trade for an established pitcher between now and opening day that will be on the opening day roster. That, 0 for 3. That column A one just... I think it was what six point two. Like I was like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars off or something. Maybe like six point eight. Even write God. that down. Unforgiving. Oh man, it's write so that true. down is a very unforgiving exercise. It's, it so is. And so that brings us to the updated season oh, statistics man. here. Judd Zolgad just rocking it still. Four eighty three oh. with a home run. Oh my back's Dex- getting sore from carrying. I'll write that down. Oh okay. man, uh, this All is right. this is like the Angels lineup the last five years. Right? Like <laughs> two good hitters. Yeah. Just One call guy me Trouty. The load. Just call me Trouty. Declan having a really good season, too, even though he had a bad week. 387 with a home run. I'm having a terrible year. 211 with no home Mac. runs. Listeners at 192 and no home runs. All-time stats, Judd Zill get 154 hits and 9 home runs. I'm at 116 hits and 10 home runs. Listeners, 93 hits and 9 home runs. And Declan with 43 hits and 3 home runs. Right, that's young. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, then. All right, should we do this? Let's get our guy Reed in here. All right. Guest, listener, predictor. Reed, are you ready to take some swings? Yep, I'm good to go. Awesome. So here's how this is going to work. Reed, we'll start with you, and then we'll go over to Judd, Declan, back to me, Phil. We'll make three trips around the room. Predictions must be quantifiable. Reed, fire away, man. What's your first prediction? All right, in the 2021 season, the Minnesota Gophers football team will win at least nine games, a bowl game, and P.J. Fleck will remain the head coach in the 2022 season. Love it. We're going right. for the trifecta. Nice All work. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that. I think uh, I think that would be a successful season. They could bounce back, win nine, win a bowl game. I think I would – and maybe win a rivalry game in there. Beat Wisconsin or something for once. All right, uh, Judd Zolgad, your first prediction. Dex, right. and I'll, just for like sound purposes, yep. I'm going to mute Reed between the picks while you write them down. You got it. Okay, so with opening day tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'm going all baseball and I'll write that down this week. Yep. The Twins will win the American League Central with 90 or more victories this season. Wow, you're already hedging. You're so I'm coming. Hedging. Well, for write that down purposes, dude, you, yes. You, you just, you just knocked, dude. You just knocked like ten percent wins off of your. Uh, you know why? Because it's write that down. Write that down. An unforgiving exercise and one that exploits any fallibilities that I might have. Yeah, damn right. I'm coming down ninety or more victories. But the most important thing is I am predicting a third consecutive American League Central title. All right. 
Okay. How are we dealing with it? If, if the Twins win 90-plus and win a division, I don't think that's a home run because they've won the division no. a couple times. That, I think that's fair. I you know, if he goes not, at least 96 wins, I think that's oh, a home then run. The, yeah, no, no, but I am purposely not doing that. Okay. So, no, no, it, I am fine with Okay. it's just the point. All right. Have some cojones here. Yeah, for real. Dad, all right? Do yeah. you guys know what happens to write that down, participants with cojones? They end up. Yeah. They, yeah, they end up. No, they, not necessarily. <laughs> no. I'm a lawyer. I am a write that down lawyer here. All right. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Back to Declan. All right. My first prediction Kenta Maeda will strike out at least six batters on opening day. So Kenta Maeda, I'm going to go with at least six strikeouts in his opening day start against the Brewers. Okay. All right. Write it down. You like writing things down. In four and two-thirds innings, and they pull him after 74 yeah, the, pitches. Well, you know, once that third, third time through the order, you know, even if you're at 75 pitches, you know, you got to gotta bring in uh, Randy Dobnek because it, that, that's what the analytics say to do. So. Yeah. Anytime you can bring Cody Stashak in for the biggest <laughs> moment of his life uh, right. with, with all the pressure in the world. You know, when you're starting you, you know opening days tomorrow, how about you two be like me, a little positive, okay? I'm so sorry, we're still I, just, I if you can tell, we're, we're a little bitter about the 18 straight playoff losses. No, so I'm shocked. God. All right, I am swinging. So I, I have all Twins predictions today. I think two of them are home. I know that two of them are home runs, and one of them is sort of borderline. So I will start with a home run. And then I'll, I'll bookend with a home run on my third prediction. Zolgad going with his 90-plus wins, that's all fine and dandy. And that's, that's a lofty bar. But I'm here to hit bombs. The <laughs> Twins will win exactly 94 games. The Twins will win exactly 94 games this season. Write it down. Yeah, okay. I don't know all if right. it's, maybe they don't win the division. I don't know. But 94 wins exactly. All right. Write it down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, let's go back over to guest listener predictor Reed. What's your second prediction? All righty. The Minnesota Vikings will not draft with the 14th overall pick in this draft. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they so they could trade up. They could trade down. They could trade an Orlando they, Brown trade. You know, fingers crossed on that front. They could miss their pick like they did in 2003 and then move down. They a could say, spots. you know what? We're good. We're just going to we're gonna bow out of the entire draft. We got Dakota Dozier. We got our guy. We're good. <laughs> Dakota Dozier. Dakota's back. I'm also thinking Rick Spielman uh, doesn't have that second-round pick, so he might just trade that uh, 14th overall, get a second-round pick in about three or four seventh-rounders. I think you might be right. I like it. I, yep. think, <laughs> I think you might have just hit it, yes. Way to go, That's Reed. the way. That, that's the tantalizing uh, temptation for Rick Spielman. All right, back over to Judd for your second prediction. Second Twins prediction. Josh Donaldson will hit 20 or more home runs this season. Josh Donaldson will hit 20 or more home runs, which means he's going to Ju- play. And, and Judd Zolgad won't be hitting any home runs. And which, me- which means he's going to play this Did you see the average? Did you see the average? You can't swing for the fences. What you got to do is put the ball in play, okay? Man, I'm of the Tom Kelly right, school. Okay, okay Joe Maurer. All yeah. right, so Josh Donaldson will play enough, and I, I actually am not sure that this is going to come true because of that, to hit 20 or more home runs this season. Dude, no. I hope Josh Donaldson plays 150 games, and hits, hits 19. 50 doubles, and hits 19 home runs. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, some friend you are. <laughs> All right, back to Declan. All right, another opening day prediction for me. The Twins will win on opening day by three runs or less. So the Twins will win by three runs or less on opening day against Milwaukee. That's a weird prediction. Oh, it just means they'll win, and they'll win by three runs or less. I think that's specific. I know, but it's just a, it's just a weird prediction. <laughs> I'm not like, going to say they're... If, so if they, win, if they win four nothing, you don't yeah, want the I, point? that's correct. That's how right that down works. But if they win in a close game, that's fine. I never Is this a home run? Well, I'm saying three runs or less. No. I'm not being that specific. I don't think that's a home no, run. No, because they might win by, I mean, no. But my, my question is, listen, what, it's why already would it be it's a home verbally, run? It's verbally binding, so yep. it's in the books. Why would it be a home run? But, like, if if it's not a home run either way, wouldn't you just want the easier route to a hit? I, I didn't want to just are say you a just, win. Are you just, are you flexing? Like, yeah, I, just, I, I want it to be specific. Okay. I'm not gonna say they win. That's just lame. I'm not gonna do that. Boy, Twins win five to one, and Declan. Yeah, it's incorrect. All right, it happened. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Well, I'll be sort of oddly specific here too. Um, pretty much because I don't think I don't I don't know if this is a home run or not. So I'm, I'm in the same boat as Declan here. I'm being a hypocrite by poking at him. Thank you. 
So my main premise here is that Jorge Alcala is going to be sneaky, sneaky good. And he was sneaky good last year, too, mostly in low-leverage situations. But I really like Jorge Alcala. And I think he's going to be a big inning, big strikeout guy out of that bullpen, like a multi-inning guy. And so where this sort of came from is I think he could flirt with like 90 or 100 strikeouts on the season if they use him a lot and he stays healthy. So here's my prediction. In the month of April, Jorge Alcala will tally at least 15 strikeouts. Write that down. Hmm. And that would put him on that would put him on pace for 90 or more strikeouts out of the bullpen, which is a huge number. Here's where I'm at. So, I think that's a home run because even though he's only had a cup of coffee in the major league, right? Like he's is, is he like under 30 innings, 20 innings in the major so yeah. far this year? Yeah, he First, had like 27 yeah. innings last year. Yeah. I think 15 strikeouts, like that's a good amount of strikeouts. And with how just teams use relievers, mm-hmm. I think that's, I personally think that's a home run. I don't know what lawyer or my attorney, Judd Zolgad, says, but I, I personally would go that's a home run. Judd? Hold on a second here. I got to look at his innings pitch to see how, how much he pitched. I mean, because he's, he's young. Well, and we know he's. <laughs> Pretty good. Hold on a second here, though. He's yeah, pitched, I mean, it's a it's it's a nice strikeout pace. I, I'm going to take a quick look. How many, here how, how, many how many Twins relievers? He's pitched in 25 innings in his entire career. He pitched in 16 games last year. Yep. He had 27 strikeouts in 24 innings. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I think it's I think it's specific enough. I think it's a home run. Okay, that's fine. See, okay. I didn't crap on your prediction there, Phil. No. Well, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, why I would if, you? Why if, would you? If you would have said the Twins are going to win by one run, I would have said. Why that's would a home you take run. a guy who just absolutely destroyed you and be like, "Well, that's a home run for you"? Because I, I admitted that I was a hypocrite yeah. five seconds later. Yeah, exactly. but I mean, I would still lash back. <laughs> that's how relationships work. Write mm. this down. Come on, Declan. You don't just roll over. No one has respect well, for that. I didn't roll over, but uh, yeah. No one has respect right. for that. You got to lash back. Back to Reed. Your final prediction here. Uh, for this final one, I'm uh, kind of hopeful, kind of just swinging for the fences. But the Minnesota Vikings will play in and win a Super Bowl by the 2030 season. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope someone's here to account for that and write that down. Uh, yeah, I'll call it that too. Hopefully, the show is along that long too. <laughs> the show will 100% not be in existence yet. Judd will be in his 60s. 2030? God willing, twenty so sometime in the twenty twenty decade, the Vikings will win a Super Bowl. Okay, no, I, I'll Beautiful. be fifty if, if I make it that long. I'll be fifty eight, right? Fifty nine. Yeah. By the way, we are gonna just for the sake of this, we're gonna include the Super Bowl that takes place in twenty thirty, right? Like like the twenty twenty nine season. Yeah, 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 we're gonna count yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, that takes so like, place in yes, yeah. So the twenty, so the cutoff would be the twenty thirty thirty one season. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. All right, Reed. Since you're here and you've got this platform, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that got you to this magnificent point in your in your life? Yeah, I got a couple people I want to shout out. My dad and my grandpa, because they're the ones that got me ingrained into Minnesota sports from day one, and it's been pleasurable and torturous all the same. Um, also, I live in Wisconsin. I'm going to school over here now, so I have plenty of Packer friends around me that I love to shove like just Minnesota anything into. So, shout out to Gina, Nolan, Gertage, Cam, all the all the Wisconsin fans that love to shove it in my face. I'll shove it back a little bit. <laughs> I love it, dude. Awesome, man. All right, great job with your predictions, Reed. Good luck with them coming to fruition, and uh, good luck to all of us still being relevant when the Vikings win a Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. in 2030. All right, there you go. See you, Reed. Thank, Thank you, guys. Reed. All right, Reed. Cool. All right, back to Judd, your final prediction of the week. Write that down. May I take a second to po- point out that I take it from Reed's comment that he is clearly in college probably, right? Like he's probably like 20, yeah. 21 yeah, or something. School, yeah. Okay. Baseball opening day is tomorrow. All right? Mm-hmm. Reed just gave us three predictions that were gopher football, Vikings, and Vikings. Rob Manfred, that's the state of your sport. Yeah. Well, let's let's bring Reed back in here. Reed, how old are you, and do you care about baseball? Uh, I am 21, turned 22 in less than a month. Um, I I did for a while, but after uh, after 18 consecutive playoff losses, <laughs> I got to be honest, I, I can only take so much like heart pain from between the Twins and the Timberwolves that I kind of pick Timberwolves. So, so I mean, if, I, I'll watch a game, but I'm not the biggest baseball fan. No. So if if you had one, what what what's one thing like one big thing that Rob Manfred and now his main consultant Theo Epstein could do to get Reed, 22 year old, soon to be 22 year old Reed, invested in baseball regularly? Oh, 
Well, to start off, you could send me some free tickets. I'd love to just go to a game for you. That'd be awesome. Um, I don't know. To make it more interesting, I would say, I don't know. Like, I feel like everything around Minnesota sports is Vikings or, you know, it, like I just feel like there isn't so much publicity and so much hype around, you know, the Twins. Like, I feel like just getting people to talk about it more would be a good way. You know, word of mouth is a really good way. Like, I remember in 2017 when the Vikings were – on the edge of the Super Bowl, that's all anyone could talk about. And there was a buzz and an excitement in the air. And just finding some way to get that around the Twins would definitely improve that. And you know what? Like, so I agree. And some of it's up to the Twins. Like, just be more relevant and win a playoff game more than once every 20 years. But yeah. the other thing, too, is think about this last two weeks, how excited people get. Oh, my God, the Vikings traded a six-round pick for a backup guard, Mason Cole. And everyone, like, wants to, everyone wants to talk about it. Rightfully so. Yeah. And baseball doesn't have that. Like, there's like you have to wait four months for a move to be made in baseball free agency. There's not like a – like in football, you know that for this next week or two, we're going to get major free agent action, and we're all going to be looking on, like, pff.com at left guard grades, and it's going to be super fun. Baseball doesn't have that. So mm-hmm. make your offseason more interesting, baseball. Anyways, I agree. Reed, thanks for coming on, dude. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, helping, helping to save baseball uh, with the young people. Speaking of, so actually, to Reed's point, I'm trying to think out loud here. Where can I Where can I hear more Twins talk? Like, where's a place I could get more Twins talk? Like, if I want Twins discussion. Well, pretty soon here, right after this segment is over, we're going to have our daily talking Twins discussion. Thad Levine with some very interesting comments to Yahoo Sports. Every single day, we are breaking down Twins like they are football in our Talking Twins segments and bonus Talking Twins on Mondays here on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed with our friend formerly uh, known as Curse of Punto on Twitter, Jake DePew. So we are your home That's exactly right. Talking Twins. All right. <laughs> My final write that down for this week. Tony La Russa will not be the White Sox manager in 2022. So that this give this gives me um, across the board if he gets blown out then during the course of the twenty twenty one season and or in the winter it gives me that whole time period okay but yeah. he will not be the manager in two thousand twenty two of the Chicago White Sox yeah I think you're probably yeah it's right. Right. I don't see how this is I just don't see how it's going to work it is it's just a you it's know a what bad it is? hire it's a weird low upside, high volatility hire for a team that's ready to pop. You know, like all the guys you could have hired that would have just like sort of stayed out of the way and molded them. Like go hire a Rocco Baldelli type that's going to be able to maybe mesh with the team. And they wanted to. It doesn't make sense. The GM did. The problem was the guy that owns the White Sox, Jerry Reinsdorf, still regrets firing La Russa in like eighty seven. He's like trying to make amends for it. Like, what are you doing? This team this team's about set to pop. It's got all these fun young players. And you're gonna bring in this curmudgeon who, by the way, turned out to have a Dewey. Like that was licensed to, to be like, ah, oh, you know what? Bad idea. Sorry, right? We're not gonna have you. They had that opportunity, and instead of like pouncing, they're they're like, Oh no, no, no. We'll we'll get through all we'll get through all of his legal problems so that this old curmudgeon can come manage Robert, Tim Anderson. Like, think about these guys. Anderson's going to literally kill him, I think. Yes, it's I not going to work. I think Tim Anderson's going to beat him up. And you know what? I'm, I'm on Team for. Tim. Yeah. Go on the record here, Dex. You got one more prediction left. Come I'm, on. I'm, I'm not there will going be a there. physical altercation. I'm not going there. Tim Anderson is my dude, though. And, and honestly, he's your guy. Yeah. And talk about baseball marketing. Market Tim Anderson. That's the dude you should be marking. Like I know, like Mike Trout's the greatest baseball player. Yeah, Tim Anderson, arguably of all time. Fun. But Anderson's the guy you should be marketing your game after. One hundred percent. Like you, yeah. you need to get behind guys like Trout and Tim Anderson and Kyle Garlick. Like that is what's going to push baseball. Yeah. To the next level. Totally. Get behind your stars like Get Kyle behind Garland. your waiver claims. Absolutely. All right, last prediction for me here. Kyle Carl. Matthew Boldy will score a postseason goal for the Wild this year. Oh, I like it. So Boldy was signed yesterday to an entry-level contract. He's reporting to Iowa, and the Wild literally have pennies against their salary cap that they can't even call him up to the main roster yet. So I think, number one, a move's probably going to have to happen for him to get up here, but he will score a postseason goal this season. For the Wild. I like it. It's also just a great hockey name. Matthew Boldy. Boldy. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. Boldy, yeah. Could be a nickname, but it's really his real name. You know, it's just it's perfect. It's mm-hmm. perfect. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a uh, 
a prediction about Declan's favorite baseball player here. Oh Write God. this down. <laughs> Kyle Garlick Trolling. is going to go yad in the Milwaukee series. Kyle Garlick you know hits what? a bomb in the Milwaukee series. Yeah, you're probably right. That's probably <laughs> exactly right. He is going yad. Now, I think the three starting pitchers the Twins are facing are all righties, so I don't know if they would... Like it, it would be pretty easy just to put Luis Arise out oh, there nice. and have the platoon splits, but I think I think Kyle Garlic's going to at least have a bat in his hands at some point. Could be a pinch hit. And, uh, keep, keep in mind, I put, I put the bonus one in into the notes yesterday that I said he will not be on the roster by June first. He'll be yep, off the roster. That. So that, that is in there. That's binding. I want that. I want so that in can, there. He can do plenty of damage in mm-hmm. the month of April. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Zach Levine. Uh, we already talked about Zach Levine earlier today, but. Uh, Thad Levine had some interesting things to say about the 18-game playoff losing streak in a second. But a shout-out to our friends at Dennis Kirk. So Dennis Kirk, in addition to supporting our show and our Twins content, Dennis Kirk is here to support you riders out there. Whether you ride a Harley, a metric cruiser, a sport bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. Enjoy that weather outside, 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. If you order before 8 p.m., they'll ship the same day, and shipping is free on orders over $89. So they're just the best in the business all around. DennisKirk.com, everything you need for your ride. Also, I see some of you out there. In fact, Judd's had an issue this week with a laptop. Judd's had some internet issues. Judd's had some. Yeah, I'm not sure that's you, a me. You're like, you're, you're, I'm not you're sure that's like, a me problem. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe you should call Wamatech and find yeah. out. I don't know if it's a you problem, if it's a building problem, but if you're listening or watching on a broken down phone, tablet, or laptop, might be time to call Wamatech, a trusted supplier of pre-owned phones, tablets, laptops, and new accessories. They source pre-owned devices directly and pass the savings on to you guys. They'll even buy your old device for cash. Buy, sell, trade in. Whatever you need, Wamatech.com. That's W-A-M-A-T-E-K.com. All right, boys, it's time for our Talking Twins uh, segment of the day here. And uh, Declan found this from YahooSports.com. I'm just going to read you. It was a little bit of a Q&A with Thad Levine, like just a kind of a back and forth with all of the different GMs in the division. And the question was, do you ever think about the Twins' postseason curse? All right. And Thad Levine said, I think the answer to that is supposed to be no. You know, the reality of it is that so much of it is predated in my participation in the organization and predated a lot of our players and coaches. So as we get into September, as we clinch playoff spots, it becomes such a dominating theme of stories told about the Twins. Like no one writes a story at that time without referencing the consecutive playoff losses. I would say pretty objectively outside of that time frame, nobody thinks about it too much. In terms of the people most directly connected to the team. And by and large, a lot of our players have no idea about it because they just haven't been part of it long enough to have really hurt and had it be personal to them. That being said, it's clearly an ominous cloud that hangs over the fan base. And if we could give them no gift, then to shirk that, it seems as if they could breathe a little bit easier. There's a weight on their chest, which is certainly impeding freedom of deep breaths. And so we would like to give our fans that gift. <laughs> That's that. Will you guys follow me in a little twins guided meditation here? Some deep little yoga breath. <sighs> Breathe out. Yes. Yes. Breathe in. <laughs> Let's shirk. Shirk is the word that he used. Shirk's not a great game. Shirk's not a great word for that. I, I, I would have expected a much bigger word than shirk. How do you feel about his perspective on the franchise's 18-game losing streak in the playoffs? It's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. This this franchise owns that streak. Don't tell me. Don't give me the BS that I was fed before the American League Division Series against the Yankees in 2019 about, yeah, this is an our losing streak. And at that time, it wasn't. But you know what I said? I said, there's no way that you can all sit here. In, in the media epicenter of sports and be asked about this in your clubhouse 5,000 times and not have it be your streak? Because human nature is it gets in your head. And guess where the streak is now? In the Twins' head. And that goes all the way up the food chain to Falvey, Levine, and Rocco as well. And everybody deals with stressors in different ways. 
And Rocco's way is to be like, nothing's going to change. I'm not going to change how I am. I'm not. Gonna, and you know what? Sometimes in the face of crisis, you have to change. You have to leave a pitcher in longer than you want to. You know why? Because it's a time of crises. And the fact is, this is the Twins losing streak. Everyone in that current clubhouse owns it. And you know what bothers me about this? Because you guys are smart. That's what bugs me. Levine, Falvey, and Rocco, they're smart people. You know what you need to do? You need to own this damn thing. You need to let it wash over you. You need to accept that you are involved. And instead of instead of this arm's length BS, which I'm sick of, that's not a smart way to do this. You need to look at this thing. This is the devil. This is the devil of baseball, or forget baseball. This is the devil of postseason losing streaks. And you need to face it down, and you need to hit it in right in the jaw. And this whole nebulous thing of, well, it wasn't really ours. And no, it's still, I mean, it's a lot of people before us who went before. No, grab this damn streak and embrace it. My marketing motto, if I was Dave St. Peter, my marketing motto for this year would would be 0-18, bring it on. I would look at this thing and I would I would throw a right cross at it and I would own it and I would accept it and this is yours. So let's quit with this crap. And you're and here's the thing too. And this is a problem with smart people. You're not going to outsmart this streak. Like you're not going to talk your way around it. You're not going to convince anybody because the media is going to ask you continually. If you're in the playoffs again, the workout day story is guess what? You've lost, and it's going to be you, not, well, I looked it up, and the 2002 Twins are responsible for this portion of the pie, and the 2003 Twins are. No, you're going to look at this thing, and it's going to be come back on you. So own it. Accept it. And the only way you're going to defeat it is if you go after it. I mean, you baited Dave St. Peter into Let's Slay the Dragon when he was on this show a couple years ago, and Tabloids ran with it. (laughs) So I, I think we get DSP back on here, as I like to call him, and we get him and we give him that model. Oh, and eighteen, bring it on. Um, also, for Thad Levine to say like no one in that locker room is aware of it, every single person in that locker room is aware of it. I know this is a very extreme example. Do you think Cubs and Red Sox players, when they were playing, looking for that championship, weren't aware of it? They weren't part of it. They don't care about it. Like they are all aware that this team has lost eighteen consecutive playoffs. And if they're too. not and you know what if if there are if there's a player or two who aren't I'm telling you guys I I was in the visiting clubhouse the day before the 2019 ALDS started, okay? And there might have been guys who had no idea about the streak. I doubt it, but there might have been. But guess what? The media descends. <laughs> and they add, I mean it's it's why no matter what sports uh what coaches or executives tell you the reason why they don't like us really, and I don't blame them, is we are we are the conveyors of bad news. <laughs> so, like, you're in Yankee Stadium, and the day before you play, if you didn't know about the streak at that time, Phil, it was planted in everybody's head, and every lead question was, what about the streak, okay? Which is a negative thing. It's not good. But that night, every player on the team went to bed thinking, not only are we playing the Yankees, not only are we playing in Yankee Stadium, but we've got a losing streak attached to our name. So that's the reality. My question yeah, is, what I, are you going to do about it? And I, you know, and some of it is obviously the Twins over those 18 games have played some Yankees teams that are just flat better. But I hate that yes. excuse. Well, like how many of those games were they, how many of those series were they favored in? Baseball is a sport where the worst teams, the Pirates, are going to win 55 or 60 games this year with a bunch of minor leaguers. In any given series, the worst team in baseball is going to beat the best team in baseball one of three or two of three. It happens. You know, if, if you if you take baseball records and sort of morph them into football records, right? there's 162 games in baseball. There's been 16 games in football, so they played 10 times as many games. The best teams in baseball are 9 and 10 win teams equivalent, and the worst teams are, are 5 and 6 win teams. The Twins in those in those playoff appearances have been among the better teams in baseball, right? Because they wouldn't be in the playoffs if they weren't among the better teams in baseball, and they still can't win. And so I sit here. I'm I, you know, I'm I don't know if I'm like Judd, and then I'm going to go Rocky Four and like take pictures of Ivan Drago, you know, zero and eighteen on my that's mirror what, every morning. I'm not going to go doing. that far, but I think I think owning it, and also you know, and Judd alluded to this. 
you can push it off on the Terry Ryan and the Bill Smith and the Ron Garden hire. Like, you can push it off and say, well, a lot of this was before we got here. Well, but you guys have been to the playoffs three times. And I think, by and large, Falvey and Levine have done an excellent job building this organization back up from 100 losses the year before they took over. They're averaging a 90-win pace, 90 wins per season percentage-wise in the four years they've been here. Um, and so I think they're doing a really good job just building an organization. They've taken some shots in free agency, Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, and so they're doing a good job. Um, but some of this is now on you guys, too. You're 0-6. That's 33% of the 0-18. So it's not like, an, it's not like oh, we've lost one of the 18. No, it's six. Right. It's six. Right. So it, it kind of falls on you, too. Um, anyhow, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up every morning. I think now, I think Judd has convinced me. I'm going to, I'm going to eat some raw eggs to start the day, drink them. I'm going to put a picture of, of, well, I guess it would be of, would it be the Yankees? Like who, which picture would you put up? No, it's like 18. the 2004 the num- Yankees. Yeah, yeah, no, Dex right. is right. The number. Yeah. Oh, and 18 or 18. Yeah. That, that's, that's yeah. the thing that you have to slay. I don't care who you beat. Yep. Like you don't have to beat the Yankees. You don't have to beat the Astros, the A's. I don't give a crap who you beat. But you need to end this and accept the fact that ending it is on you. That's the thing is, you. They're, they're, I mean, the 2003 Twins ain't coming back to play a pickup game and, hey, we the streak's done now. Now you take the ball. Like, this is your team streak. Like, yep. you, like you so, can't right, have boys. this whole thing of, I play for the name on the front of the jersey, except when it's not convenient. Yeah, no, I feel you, and it's 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 I I'm I'm happy that he has acknowledged how frustrating it is for fans because like he he's at least aware in that yeah, regard, smart. and so that's good. Yep. All right, don't forget daily talking twins discussions on Mackie and Judd and on Score North YouTube, and also daily Vikings conversations on Purple Daily and Purple Daily Podcast. We are Mackie and Judd. Good talk. Good talk today. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.